All right, well, Manso Clay Ferrero, happy uh, to be back for the next round for both Miami Heat and Florida Panthers. We got some winners in this town, Clay, and we will break down what's coming up this week. We thought uh, two weeks ago was the craziest week of our lives, right? Uh, again, <laughs> it's going to be this week too again. Yeah. yeah Except no yeah. F one. We don't have to worry about F one. That's in the past, but we do have for to good worry reasons, about it. though, right? This is what we what yeah. we live all year for. This is fun. Yeah, this is really what it's all about. So let's get into it. Um, on this Miami Sports Pod, we're going to talk about both teams. And obviously, you have the Heat now in the Eastern Conference Finals, second time in three seasons, we will face the Boston Celtics. The Panthers, meanwhile, facing Tampa again, but this time after winning their first playoff series since the year of the rat, 1996. So, Clay, we'll get into all that, but let's start with the Miami Heat. I think that's where the focus probably is initially, given that they are facing Boston. Uh, they take care of Philadelphia, and, and I think what they did against Philly was really show why a home court matters, and they've shown mm -hmm. that throughout these playoffs, and it's important when we talk about this Boston series, but B is the depth we've talked about all year. I think there have been people from the outside that thought, well, that depth in the playoffs will help you because you shorten your rotation. It's all about superstars. Well, guess what? Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, all these guys in particular nights, different nights. Obviously, Jimmy Butler is a star. Mm -hmm. They're the reason you're winning these games, and that depth matters very much so far in the playoffs for Miami. Yeah, I, I think what we've seen is the reason why the depth matters so much is it's it's not going to be the same few guys every single night. And so yeah. while the number of players that you play may stay relatively similar from, from one game to the next, from one series to the next, matchups matter a lot. And, yeah. you know, there is this feeling that, okay, a series go on, you get to start to figure out the other team a little bit. But that doesn't mean that a Max Struz can't go out there and score 17 points in the first half of a closeout game and, and in many ways be the third best player on the floor for the Miami Heat, the third best all-around player in these playoffs. And so when you have players who can come in and give you what a Victor Oladipo has given you, the types of minutes they got, Gabe Vincent can come in and start for a Kyle Lowry when he's got this hamstring injury. And really what we've seen, Will, is that the Heat are a better team with Gabe Vincent at 100% than they are whatever percentage Kyle Lowry's been at yeah, in the two yeah. games that he tried to play. And that, that gets back to the depth that, yeah, in any given game, you're only going to play a certain number of players. And a lot of those guys who contributed all year aren't going to play, but a lot of them are going to play at some point. And, yeah. and each game and, and each series is going to take on its, its, its own entity. And, and I think we've seen that as this has gone on. Well, what I love that Spo was able to do against the Sixers, and I think it'll be important against Boston, though it'll be different guys' matchups. Is, you know, For instance, he was able to insert a Caleb Martin to get very important minutes. And when you look at Caleb's stat line, it wasn't impressive, but Caleb's help and his defense and his energy and the link that he has in athleticism was huge. Even Duncan, the little run that he got, while everybody was clamoring for Duncan to go out there and have a big game, that never happened. It was Max Struess who had him. But when Duncan was out there, again, it goes to the point where I think he spaces, I think he helps in the what you know, the attention he draws from other teams. Victor Oladipo, who you see there, you mentioned Gabe. All these guys at particular moments had to make big plays, had to be a big reason why. And that goes without Tyler Hero really having that explosion. He had early in the series a big game. What, he had 25 in game one. But as the series went on, he kind of faded a bit. And part of it was not necessarily Tyler's doing. It was the Sixers really paying a lot of attention to Tyler Hero, which allowed then Jimmy Butler, I think, which shockingly to me, the Sixers never decided to double Jimmy. Now, I think the one thing you and I will agree with as we look at this particular matchup against Boston is that the Celtics will not allow Jimmy Butler to just beat them. It's just not going to happen. The Celtics defense, uh, 
quite frankly, one of the best in the league. Certainly in the second half of the season, they were. You look at Miami year-round, they were one of the best. When you look at Jimmy Butler right now, everybody's going to talk about Jason Tatum and the show he put on in some of those games uh, in, in against Milwaukee. But is Jimmy Butler the best player in this series? And does Boston have to double-team mm. Jimmy and let someone else beat them? He's not the best offensive player in the series. I think when you factor in defense and feel for the game, he is the best player, all-around player in the series. And that's that's completely giving giving flowers to Jason Tatum and what he's done. Off, I mean, he's turned into the superstar that that I think everybody was kind of waiting for. And, you know, with Tatum, it's always been about, okay, we've seen you do it in spurts. We've especially seen you do it in the regular season. Well, now we've seen him do it in the playoffs. And, and yeah. Will, it's not just scoring with Tatum, by the way. He's also become a fantastic passer, great field yeah, for the game. Yeah, he's very, I, very good facilitator. Yeah, I, I still think Jimmy Butler is at a different level defensively, and there's a there's an intensity level there. Um, but look, man, it's it's one in one a, and it's it's super close. I, to your point about the Celtics not letting Jimmy beat them single handedly, the interesting thing with the Celtics and what they do is they're going to do a lot of switching. There's a lot of similarities to what the Heat do defensively to where, you know, what the 76ers did in their series was they basically said, we are going to allow Jimmy Butler to score. We don't think he can score enough to beat us, we're, but we're not going to allow him Boy, to they got, they got that wrong. Jeez. And, and that's the thing is they never adjusted. When Jimmy Butler proved over and over again that he was going to score enough to get it done. And by the time they figured it out, Max Struess was going off in game six and it was over. So I think what the Celtics are going to do, obviously they're going to have little wrinkles here and there. But the Celtics trust all of their defenders. They're going to be very similar to the Heat and they're going to switch a lot. And they're going to try to take away your space. And so... Jimmy, I think I think the opportunities will be there. It won't be to the same level it was in Philadelphia. But, Will, you're going to have moments in this series where Jimmy Butler is going to have to take over like he did many times in that Philadelphia mm -hmm. series. Maybe not quite as much and maybe not the same way, but they're going to need the Jimmy Butler that they've seen. And, and to your, your point, your question about who's the best player in this series, if Jason Tatum turns out to be the best all-around player in this series, it's going to be a lot harder for Miami to end up winning. Well, I think the answer – is Jimmy Butler, but I agree with you offensively what Jason Tatum has become. And again, as a facilitator, he's been much better. He was certainly good in that Milwaukee series, distributing the basketball when he got a lot of attention. But Jimmy always makes the right basketball play, almost sometimes to a fault, right? Uh, and Jimmy also recognizes when he has to try to take over a game, which he did a couple of times in the series since Philadelphia. One of them came in a loss where Jimmy had to go out there and score 40. No one else could pick up the slack. I think against Boston, Jimmy understands he's got to have those moments. Sure, he's going to have to have moments like that where, hey, I've got to, I've got to make these these plays. I got to take over a game, but it has to be more so in moments of time as opposed to a whole game. I still think when Jimmy enters a game, Jimmy will tell you, I think I'd rather score twenty one, yeah. and all my guys get a balance of scoring and play to their to their game than me score forty and have to find a way to get those guys to do something. It's just not in his DNA to be that kind of player. And when you couple it with his defense and what he's doing, Jimmy, there is a, gym, a playoff Jimmy. You know, last year he caught a lot of flack for the whole stupidly locked in comment, you know, and mm -hmm. everybody thought, well, oh, stupidly locked in and they got swept and he wasn't good. He wasn't, neither was the team. But I think what you saw two years ago in the bubble, what you saw, you've seen so far in these playoffs, you've seen what playoff Jimmy is about. That whole cliche, that whole saying playoff Jimmy, it is a different level. He is a different player. With Jason Tatum, no doubt, the Heat are going to have to focus their attention the same way they did with Trey Young, the same way they did 
in stretches of the series will Embiid or Harden kind of switching off, you know, saying, hey, I'm, I'm not going to let this guy beat me. I'm not going to let this guy mm-hmm. get, you know, go out and get 45, 50 points, which those guys are very capable of. That's not Jimmy's game. That's Jason Tatum's game. Uh, I think that'll be interesting to see. But I think what Jimmy will likely want, and Clay, you referenced him earlier, and I think it's a good time to talk about him now, is that Max Struess has reached a level now where he struggled in those two, as the Heat did in the two road games in Phillies three and four. Everybody did. And there was the question I think that many people had is, man, is it a little too much for him? Is this a little too much for Max Struess, given that he doesn't have that experience in the playoffs? Now you go to the road atmosphere in Philly for all the hatred that Heat fans have toward their fans. And trust me, I, I was there, and it's terrible. But to, fans are rough there. It can get in your head, and it seemed to a lot of players. But my goodness, after he had a game five at home and then the game six in Philly, it's pretty clear that Max Struess, is, as you said earlier, Clay, is probably the third best player and most important player on the Heat that out, which is crazy when you think it's Jimmy Bam, Kyle likely out at least early in the series and maybe longer. Tyler, who we'll talk more about in a bit, hasn't been that guy yet, though he will likely get those chances. Max Struess, all of a sudden, with his shooting, his penetrating, and oh yeah, his defense, all of a sudden looks like a completely different player. You know, I I think the best way to put it is you haven't done it until you do it. And I think we're going to talk about that with the Florida Panthers and that, you know, you had to hear over and over again, well, they haven't won a playoff series since 1996. Well, guess what? Now they have. And so you don't have to hear about that anymore. That part of the equation is gone. And so with Max Strews, I think the old the old saying is that role players play better at home, whereas the stars have Mm -hmm. to take over on the road. I don't, I don't think that really applies if you're going to be a championship team. You need to have role players step up in big situations on the road. And Max Struess did it. He did it in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And so now when they go to Boston for games three and four, it doesn't mean he's going to have a great game in, in either or both games. But what it means is that you can no longer say the moment is too big for him because in the biggest moment, I mean, you're going to have, look, you may have slightly bigger moments because the series is yeah. more important, is, is further in the playoffs, whatever. But, I mean, at some point, it's all the same. And when you step up and you play big on the road, that's in your back pocket now. You don't ever have to talk about not being able to do that again. And and what I do think is interesting and somewhat ironic, Will, was I think the moment when we all realized Max Struess was different was in that game in Boston that the Heat won. It was yeah. the second game after Eric Spolster shook up the lineup. And, you know, they blew out the Kings in the first game. It was their six-game winning streak. Yeah, they blew out I the remember Kings well. in the first game. And we're like, yeah, it's the Kings. Now they're going to play Boston, who's on this crazy winning run. And, you know, let's let's see him do it now. Well, Max Struess had some enormous defensive plays on Jason Tatum, including a big charge that he drew late in that game. And so I think it was that moment where you kind of saw, oh, okay, you know, we've been thinking too much about what he does offensively and, you know, maybe just not being as big of a negative defensively as Duncan Robinson is, but it was in that game where you realize, no, there's a, there's yeah, a different there's level. A, there's, yeah, there's a different level. And it, yeah, and nobody's going to put him on the all-defensive team any anytime soon, but he is I, – I think it's fair to say what we've seen from him is he's a plus defender. Uh, he's not a minus That's defender. Fair. He's yeah. – at the very least, when you put him out there with the other four guys, you don't feel uncomfortable if he gets switched off onto one of the other team's better players, and there are going to be moments where he's going to be matched up against Tatum, and, and he's shown he can hold his own. Yeah, and I think that's the, the key for Miami is that they have, you know, you, you enter this series wondering, okay, outside of Jimmy, who's really going to have those moments? And Max has had them where he could score in bunches. He had 20 in that game six. Uh, 
Tyler is, I think, the next step to try to see that. Bam also, you know, Bam had some big games against Boston two years ago in the bubble. You need to have at least one or two of those Bam games because mm-hmm. I think you and I both agree. Bam's main focus needs to be defense. And I know that frustrates fans, but if Bam can be the all-world defender he is consistently and, and multiple guys and run out and chase down Tatum and now let him get loose. And if he has to switch over and help out, whether it's a, a big like Horford or go out and help even, you know, uh, on a Jalen Brown, whatever, maybe Bam can guard one through five. That is the focus that Bam needs to be all world defense. Like he always is. And by the way, he wasn't that Philly series, but I think that in this series, you're going to need Bam to have at least one or two big games. And when I say big games, I don't mean 18 points, 10 rebounds. I mean, Bam's going to have to have a 25 point night because mm-hmm. again, I don't think Boston's just going to go out and let uh, Jimmy Butler one-on-one battle you and score 30, 35, 40 points like he did against the Sixers. I do think, though, that because the way Boston plays defense, there will be opportunities for Miami to shoot from distance. There will be looks, and that plays into their hands when they're hitting shots. As we saw Mm -hmm. against Philly, it doesn't play into their hands when they're not hitting shots. So when you think big picture to this series, you know what's the key for the Heat? Is it more so the offense and hitting those threes, or is it more so the identity of their defense staying to what they do? Or is it truly both, and the only way they're going to beat Boston four times is hitting their shots consistently, their threes, their looks, and playing defense? You know, I, I think what we've seen in these playoffs so far, obviously the Atlanta series was, you know, you kind of throw that one out because Atlanta wasn't as good, probably shouldn't have even been in the playoffs. What I think we've seen is that these, these series take on – different iterations as they go on. So I think Mm -hmm. the key for Miami will be when you have two teams that are so evenly matched, like these two teams are, it's how do you adjust to the adjustments? What, which team, when you finally get the rules of engagement, when you get to the point Mm -hmm. of the series where you can throw in another wrinkle here and there, but you know, the, the sweeping adjustments that happen from game to game don't happen anymore. Have you gotten to the point where you figured out enough about the other team? I know that sounds really vague, Will, but I think specifically it's like, okay, how are you going to defend Tatum to where he is hurting you the least possible? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, whether that's making him score more because you're you're more concerned about him as a facilitator and the other guys beating you. Or maybe mm-hmm. it's, hey, anybody but Tatum. And by the way, that's what we saw you mentioned against Philadelphia. And, and Bede, it was kind of – it was tough because he he was a shell of, of who we had seen in the regular season. But they said, we're not going to let Harden beat us. And there was the one game where he was making a bunch of step back threes and you tip your cap. If Tatum does that four games, you're going to lose. But I think if, if Tatum is is getting shots in rhythm, there's going to be a certain point where the Heat yeah. are going to say, okay, we're going to have to give him the Trey Young treatment. We're going to have to give him the James Harden treatment. Um, so I think that's from the defensive side. And offensively, Will, I, to your point, somebody has to step up other than Jimmy. And maybe that is Max Struess again. Maybe that's Bam Adebayo in a game or two. Maybe it's different guys in each game. The Tyler Hero situation is interesting to me because if you go back, and it was funny, he – you know, when you when you listen to what he was saying at practice this morning, and this is we're, we're recording this on Sunday, he said, you know, these two teams defend very differently. There's there's one team there's there's one scheme I would rather go against. Right. And so then, you know, he didn't say which one it was. But naturally, you go back and you look at how he played against the two teams during the year. He's a lot better against Milwaukee than he was against Boston. So I think there is a he has to get over that, whatever it is schematically that he feels like Boston is going to be a tougher matchup for him. He's going to have to mm-hmm. find a way to just go out there and get buckets because they're going to need somebody else to do it. And so I think it's yeah. 
if, if finding those other guys that are going to help Jimmy along the way, because Boston is not going to let you just get free and, and get wide open. You're going to need some guys that are going to go out there and, and make their own, get their own shots and, and make them. And Tyler Hero can do that better than anybody else on this roster when he's on. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, when I look at the keys for the Heat, I think he's going to get looks. I think he's going to get opportunities. I think against Boston, you know, I think in Philly's case, because A, I think the Heat were better than Philly, and B, because of Joel Embiid's situation where he wasn't going to just take over and dominate and single-handedly win a game, I think you didn't need to stretch too far into the Heat roster as far as point production. You can get a lot from Jimmy and Max and Bam and, and kind of a little hodgepodge, a little of everybody. I think in this series, though, and again, I compared to two years ago when they played in the bubble and Tyler had those big moments and he kind of became this national and the national spotlight kind of player. I think Tyler has to have a game or two of that. I already mentioned Bam and I think Tyler as well. And that's where truly where it does become about your stars. And while the Heat are built on balance and it's gotten them through the first two rounds, and I think it'll be a big part of this series, too. I also think that when you're playing a team that has two legitimate star type players, you know, Tatum is definitely a star. Jalen Brown can play like a star, especially in offense and go out there and give you 30. The heat needs someone to match that. And I'm not sure if Max Struess can really get to that level, but I'm sure that Tyler can, like, can Max be a guy who gets you 20? We saw it against Philly. Can Max be a guy that gets you 30? We've never really seen that. We've seen it from Tyler. I think Tyler has to have one of those games at some point, because when you talk about these series, it's always about win four, right? That's all that matters. Win four. Right. doesn't matter. Everyone is different. I'm going to sound like Eric Spolstra, but you know, every game takes on its own personality. So you may win one in the mud and that's the game where Jimmy gets to the free throw line and Ben makes a big defensive play and you win that. You may win one when you're shooting threes left and right. That's the one where, hey, where Max Struess is hitting threes, where maybe Duncan gets a run, where Tyler gets a run. You may get one where a player just takes over, and that could be the game where Tyler Hero does that. But the bottom line is that there isn't one formula in my mind to beat the Celtics four times. So for the Heat, this is where their depth is important, but they need to get that second level scoring, that next level outside of Jimmy. I don't think Jimmy can single-handedly win this series for Miami. I think it's going to take, and I know it sounds, of course he can, no player can, but what I'm saying is I don't think they can depend every night for Jimmy has to be their leading score every night. I think it has to be on a couple of those wins. If they get the four wins that they need, a couple of them are going to have to be a night where Tyler is that guy, or maybe Max is that guy. We'll see what happens with Kyle Lowry. So, Clay, as we sit there, let's just get to our prediction before we get to the Panthers. I'm going to say Heat in seven. Uh, I know the Heat in five is great. I, I, I would love to think they can. I don't think the Heat are going to win in five. I think this is going to be a brutally tough series. I think every game will have its own personality. I think Jason Tatum will hit some big shots. I think there's going to be at least one or two games where Heat fans are going to left scratching their heads because Boston is just going to take care of business. They're going to play their defense, hit their shots, make things tough for Miami, and it's going to be a long night for the Heat. But again, it's first to four, and I think Miami gets to that four. And oh, by the way, the home court advantage, pretty big deal right now. When you look back at that game you referenced, that yes. second game of the six-game winning streak, that's what ended up giving the Heat this opportunity to start at FTX Arena, and I think that will be significant in the series. Yeah, and I agree with you. I don't, you know, I know it's boring when we agree, but I, I think the Heat win the first game and the last game of this series, and I think the last game is going to be Game Seven. I think that those two, and it's funny because the rest of the series, if it goes that way, the Celtics are going to going to win three of the other five games. But yeah. I think they're the Heat are fortunate that they got a couple of extra days off. And look, Boston was able to kind of blow out Milwaukee in the second half of that game, but you still had extra days where you were preparing for the Milwaukee yeah. Bucks. You were not just like working on yourself. You're not getting your bodies right. I mean, and that's what the Heat have been able to do. Um, so I'm going Heat in seven. 
I do think the one top you mentioned, Kyle Lowry, the Robert Williams injury is is another major factor here, and he was available to play in Game Seven for the Celtics. Their paint defense is a lot different with him out there, and it's not just you know you talk about Bam needing to play a big game. You know the thing about the bubble was he's going up against Daniel Tice consistently. You know if if Rob Williams is healthy, you're not going to see Daniel Tice. No, 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 not not. Yeah. No, and, and look, Grant Williams, Al Horford can certainly hold their own um, more so than Daniel Tice can. And yet I, I think Rob Williams, when he's healthy, makes them different. But mm-hmm. with that said, if those two injuries kind of balance each other out as far as you know how effective Williams can, can mm-hmm. be, how, how much Lowry plays, I think it's heat in seven. And I think it's because they win game one and they win game seven, obviously. By, by the way, I also think that they will lose a home game and I think they'll win a road game in this series. I don't yeah. think this, I don't think this is going to be the old, the team wins ever. You know what I mean? I think they'll no, like, like Philly, I, think, I think they'll lose one at home and I think they'll win one. I think they'll win one uh, on the road and then eventually get back to that game seven with the opportunity to win. Okay. So that's the Miami heat. We'll certainly talk more as the series goes on. Cause again, we expect this to be a very long series. And by the way, you can watch games three and four on local 10 clay. And I got you covered all week, but games three and four will be on local 10 for those of you that live in South Florida. Now let's get to the Florida Panthers because you know, you talk about the Panthers, you know, they faced the lightning and you knew it was coming clay. First of all, congrats to the cats. It's huge. They won a series in the playoffs for the first time uh, since 1996, but now you got to face the lightning. Back to back Stanley Cup champions, the team that knocked you out last year, the team that quite frankly is you kind of like the the little brother, and they keep yeah. beat, beating your behind yeah. up and and taking care of you. And it's the step you have to take if you really got to be that team. And the Heat were the best team in the NHL all year long, or the Heat, the Panthers were the best team in the NHL all year long. But we always knew that the Lightning were just kind of humming along, trying to get in, their, in that position, and that at some point it would get here. We're at that point. Have you changed your thoughts on? the Panthers are truly the better team or do you look at this as, Hey, the lightning are the two times Stanley cup champs until they prove otherwise that they are a better team and the team to beat. No change. And you know, I, am not going to go strictly based on what you hear the guys say, the players, but I thought it was really interesting listening to Brandon Montour on, on Sunday morning. And, and he said, look, this is, this is who we wanted to play. This is who a lot of guys wanted to play. We're looking forward to this. And, you know, I, I think, they feel like during the regular season, they were better than the Tampa Bay Lightning. And not just record-wise, but in the games that they played. Of course, you have that game late in the season where everything was already clinched. It didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like they think – that I, I think they feel the big brother, little brother thing. But I also think they believe that it's little brother's time. They believe that little brother has now – And that time does come, brother. right? That time usually does. does come at some point. Yes, so I, I think it's it's not that they're. I think it's important to embrace that recent history. It's different than like embracing the twenty six years of not winning a first round because that's you're talking about so many different players. I mean, some of these these guys were probably weren't even born when that streak started. I mean, I know they weren't. So like, you don't want to like let that weigh on you. But I think when you can kind of embrace this recent history between yourself and Tampa Bay and say, okay, yeah, all right, fine. We lost to them, but guess what? This year's team is different. This year's team went out there and, and was, was better. And I think you can kind of lean out and say, okay, 
you know what? We know what's happened before. Guess what? It's our time now. We're going to be able to go out yeah. there and, and little brother's going to, going to have it come up. And, and you know, I, I, again, I, it was, I liked hearing Brandon Montour say what he said, because it wasn't bulletin board material. It was, man, we're excited. We've been looking they forward be. to this. They and, should and, be. So yeah. it's, it's not, oh no, here we go again. It's yeah, here we go again. It's our turn. Yeah. And I think it's true. Look, I think, Getting the monkey off your back of winning that first series is huge because now all of a sudden, you know, you talked about it earlier, right? Like you don't have, you, you haven't had experience until you get experience, right? And you, yeah. you haven't done this until, until you prove you can. Well, now the Panthers have proven they can win a series. So the whole talk of, hey, they haven't won a series since 1996 and they've only done it one season in their history. You, that conversation's over. They won a series. That's it. They won a series in which they fell behind and had to win three games in a row. They didn't have to. They could have gone to a game seven, but they did win three games in a row and they did it in dramatic fashion. It was interesting is they did it more so with Carter Verhage than they did. You know, Barkov had a big goal in that game six, but it, Huberto and Barkov were fine. I mean, they're, they're your stars, but to get Carter Verhage playing the way he did, the kind of games that he had, finishing games the way he did, those three games in a row were huge. I mean, and again, it shows we talk about the depth of the Heat, and it's always the parallel that we have with the Heat and Panthers this year. Both teams very deep. Both teams feel that depth will be big in the playoffs. And I think in that first series against Washington, it was huge. It will be that case again against Tampa. But when you look at the keys for the Panthers, I still think you know, there's two things, Clay. And I think the first one is obvious, is you can't fall behind 3-0 to the yeah. Lightning. Yeah, you, know, you yeah. got to stop doing that. I know it's exciting and the comeback cats and the t-shirts and the fans and we tweet about it. It's it's thrilling, but we really have reached the point now when you're facing Tampa in the playoffs where you cannot fall behind. I mean, I will even say two nothing. I don't think you can fall behind two nothing, let alone three nothing. The way they have in these playoffs, they did against the Capitals that wild comeback and what was it, game game five. You just can't do that. So that's key one. Key two is is you know, Bobrovsky and Vasilevsky, you know. Who's going to be the better goalie, and how do you you figure that out? I think that's going to be obviously a big part of for the Panthers, you know. And and I guess it goes hand in hand. If, if you're if you're playing well, not giving up three goals, chances are Bob's playing well, uh, even though it's not always his fault. But I think finding a way to break through in Tampa early, getting those one nothing, two nothing leads yourself is more so the key because you can't be the comeback cats, in my opinion, not four times against a team like Tampa. Well, yeah, and, and, you know, Vasilevsky is so good. The goaltending situation is so vastly different from what you saw against the Washington Capitals. And so that's why you yeah. can't fall behind, because it's not just as Tampa Bay the better team, but the goaltending situation is is so far superior. So, yes, that's that's obviously the other one will. And, and I think this is you give them credit because they did it in the last series. You have to turn the page. Whether you win, whether you lose, you have to turn the page and move forward. And that's the one thing that I think sometimes happens with a, an inexperienced playoff team is that you let one game linger a bit into the next. And whether it's you feel too good about yourself and you try to uh, you, maybe you rest on, on what happened. Hey, well, it worked so well last time. Let's do it again. And you don't there's not that sense of, of urgency, of immediacy, of desperation. I think desperation is the right word. You know, you heard Andrew Burnett say over and over again that the nerves got to them early in those games. You can't let that happen. You know, I, I think maybe now you can kind of exhale a little bit and those nerves aren't there. That's a key. But more importantly, going back to what I just said, if you win game one, don't don't let that don't let that be enough. Come back if you lose game yeah. one. Don't let that weigh on you to where you make it, you lose two games and you go to Tampa down 0-2. You're gonna lose a game or two in this series. Maybe, I mean, look, maybe I, I, it goes seven. Yeah. I mean, so you can't you can't let one game bleed into the another into another, and that's kind of the thing that 
that happens with these young teams. And I want to point out one guy that, you know, we talk about all the, the stars with this team, but midseason pickup, Claude, Claude Giroux. I mean, what would they, yeah, what Giroux, would they have been? Would they be? What a smart move to get a guy like that. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm talking about, the playoff experience and, and having somebody in that room who's been there and, and can say, OK, that's it. Time to turn the page, time to move forward. And, you know, so it's not just his play on the ice, which obviously was yeah. fantastic in game six, but also having that mentality to let the guys know, all right, that was great. That was fun. Let's move on. And, Let's move and on. Yeah. yeah. And I think part of it, too, is, again, between that, the veteran leadership, I think between the experience now that you can't, you know, you can't go back to the whole we've never done this before. I don't think nerves, I don't think that that nervousness energy, whatever you want to call it, the thing that Burnett talked about a little bit when they fell behind 2-1 to Washington, is an acceptable answer anymore. This is the best team in the NHL during the season, and now you're facing the best team in the NHL the last two seasons with two championships. There can't be nerves. You've proven that you belong. You've proven you were the best team all year. You've proven that you can come back in a first round after a slow start. You've proven that you can make wild comebacks. Now you have to prove that you can beat this team in a seven-game series. So let's get to our predictions, Clay. Uh, I'm going to steal from the Heat page. I'm not going to say uh, in five, but I'm going to say Panthers in seven. I I think if you really, you know, look, if I take off my I want to see the Panthers advance hat off, you know, I guess you could call a homer. Fine. I'm a homer. But I, lo- I want to see the Panthers do well. Uh, I think Tampa probably, most people will say, has the edge just because based on experience in the two years and they've been there. And until the team proves that they could beat you, in a series like this, you will usually side with a team that continues to do it. But I just feel this Panthers team, they got over the hump of the season of staying consistent. They got over the hump now of winning a series. I think it's time to get over the hump of Tampa. And between injuries with the Lightning, between the depth of the Panthers, between the excitement of the offense, I think the Panthers have enough to win in seven. And being a home ice certainly helps, but I really feel the Panthers are going to win this series. Panthers in five. And it's not a heat five thing. I, I, I believe in this. Wow. I, I think when they I didn't know you were going to say, I'm writing it in right now. I'm writing it in right Panthers now. In Clay five. says Panthers in grab. five. And I feel like what's going to happen, Will, is, you know, because it's Tampa and because, number one, the Panthers are used to playing them, they're not going to be surprised. I, I think there was a little bit, hey, Capitals are an eight seed. I think there was a little bit of, oh, oh man, hey, TJ Oshi, Alex Ovechkin, these guys can still really play. I mean, that, and, that was a good team, by the way. That was not, Andrew Burnett was right. No. That was not a first round team. That was an impressive, you have a championship level team from, you know, that has that experience. It took them a while, and, and in games, it took them a while to find the desperation and the sense of urgency. I think because it's Tampa, and, and when, the, when the Panthers play like right. that, the best team in the league, and it's not close, I think Panthers in five. And, and you know what? They may lose one of the first two games at home again. And by the way, I will say this. I'm not somebody that goes back and, like, touts my own predictions. Oh, you're going to this one. You're going to tell this one. I said it. No, I, I said it before the, the series against Washington. I felt like they were going to lose one of the first two games at home, and it was going to end up being the best thing for them because they would learn, okay, you see your own blood, and you move on to the next game, and you find a way. I think with this, I think because it's Tampa Bay, I think everybody's looking at this the, the wrong right. way that, oh, big brother again. I think it's the opposite. I think because it's Tampa Bay, they're going to play with that sense of urgency from the jump in every one of these games. And, yeah, maybe you have with one. That they win in five. I like the way you're thinking. And that will be one to tout. It's on video. We have it there. 
That is one to tout it because that is something I don't think many will feel will happen. I think a lot of people feel this will be a six or seven game series, me included thinking seven. But hey, as long as the Panthers win, we continue to talk about the Cats and the Heat moving on the playoffs. We are very happy. So that's your Miami Sports Pod. Our Heat and Panthers profiles to their Heat Eastern Conference Finals against Boston for the Panthers, their second round series against the Lightning. Clay and I will be covering both of those back and forth. Let's go again for the craziest week of our careers. Let's do a round two uh, with a lot of playoff stuff going on in town.